What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Tailgate Show. It's double A, A A R O N T O R on Twitter. And we are, as usual, joined by Jeremy Kramer, AirJair54 on Twitter. And, of course, Brian Quinn, B Diddy, B Quinn34 on Twitter. What's up, guys? What's good? What's happening? What's the story? What's the scoop? What's the skinny? What it be's like? Who it be? What it do? Nephew. Just, just excited to be here, gentlemen. How's it going for you? We're a little bit closer to football. Doesn't it feel like it? Five oh, weeks. Four. Five Sundays. Five Sundays away. Boy, the Big Ten looks so like One of those Sundays is over. Yeah, good thing Notre Dame didn't join the Big Ten, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, they had a Power Five meeting today. I don't know. It, college football's looking rough. You think Notre Dame's getting together with The Rock to, like, play in the XFL? Like, what do you think they're going to do? They're not going to play. No, but all this, like, news about college football might not be happening. You just wonder if that's when that's going to be an NFL thing. Here's the thing about having an unpaid workforce. (laughs) The liability is a motherfucker. (laughs) You know? So, and then what's... Well, I mean, it's Notre Dame. It's not like they're unpaid. Well, yeah, that's what's hilarious is that, like... Division one in general, Jack. Come on, man. Yes, it's division one in general. But you know, I mean, the college players are obviously unofficially paid. The NCAA wants to pretend that that that's not really happening, and then punish you before it. But then you want to try to pay them, and they're like, "No, we can't do that." I mean, basically, the NCAA just just sat on their hands and let the conferences drive the bus, and so they don't have to get blamed for anything. Because, you know, they're still – I mean, the same thing happened with basketball. Yeah. Like, the NCAA didn't do anything or anything, and then finally the teams and the Big Ten and different things started to pull out of the of the NCAA tournament, and then it all ended. And it's like – you I know, just like how everybody was giving UConn shit for, like, Schefter announced that, oh, it's UConn football, who cares? And then it started trickling, trickling. It's almost like UConn was kind of ahead of the curve on this. Well, again, it all comes down to lawyers ruling the world. It's about liability. I mean, if you, you know, I don't, I don't know if, you know if there's a waiver ironclad enough to, to get it to where, you know, somebody couldn't turn around and sue the universities and sue the NCAA if something happened or if, you know, they get it and they don't get sick, but then they have residual effects or whatever the case may be. I mean, there's just too, the, the, the point is that there's just too many unknowns right now to expect kids to make an informed decision about risking potentially their health and then maybe the health of others over our state travel ban is like ridiculous though so like half of these teams flying in would have to quarantine for two weeks before they could even be like our stupid state ban in illinois was like oh well sports teams are exempt That's that's what they said. Like, commuters to Wisconsin, they they added Wisconsin to the band, but but commuters are exempt. Uh-huh. You know, because people commute. I mean, people live in, in southern Wisconsin and work in Chicago. Yeah, they did that to here, here too. Saying the people that if they live in Rhode Island, were, even though Rhode Island's on the ban list, but if you work in Connecticut and are from Rhode Island, it's you're okay. all about pushing the buck. It's a fucking yeah. shell game. It, can, it's, we, it's, can we just ban Wisconsin completely? Can we just yeah. Ban Please, absolutely. I'm good with all that. I'm good with that. that. Let's do it. Fuck them all. And uh, your Cardinals continue to, to really Ugh. really fuck up. We're baseball. spreading the positivity, boys. Yes. Spreading, spreading the positivity. Super spreaders. Cardinals. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, I cannot, like, 
I cannot say I'm surprised, although it did seem like the way that you saw these schedules for college football dropping, you know, left and right, that there was, and that's what's so funny is it's like on the one hand, you got one hand doing this and, and, and putting together schedules and making all these deals to, to play games and figure out this, that, and the other. And then the other hand is going, wait, hold on. Like, right. And then you got all these meatheads who are like, Oh, they 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 risk CTE. What difference does it make? What the fuck? Oh, they should just play all the bars and Clemson are gonna shut down without college football. It's like what do I did the LSU coach do a presser? You sound yeah. like we won't play in a <laughs> Yeah, fucking sling blade was like we gonna play we gonna play in the oil field on a, on a lava rock on the middle of the ocean on the on a starship on an asteroid belt. We can play with Darth Vader attacking us. So, go Tigers. <laughs> you do that ridiculously well. You'd be like, hey, I'm trying to do an interview here. Uh, I, I killed a boy on the way to work, and, uh, and I ate its skin with a bowl of cereal and some gums. Now it's like Foghorn Leghorn. I say, I say, I say, I say, I say. That's a joke, son. Yep. <laughs> He's a joke, son. Speaking of, yeah, there were lots of pressers this week. No, they were like crammed. I mean, I think it was 27 interviews that, like, in total, two days. Like, you know what I'm not liking, though? Like, we're not, as the fans, like, they're like hiding DiFilippo. Like, this, that's a guy I want to hear from right now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they have uh, historically kind of hired, high hid the coordinators, don't you think? I mean, we yeah, have. Yeah, I'd just like to hear from him, though, because I like hearing him speak about football. I mean, he's a great talker. I would say, I think most people have seen all his videos from when he was with the Eagles. Um, I'm, Being that there's a quarterback competition, especially, I'd really like to hear from him. Right, but they are very much controlling the message right now. Yeah. Seeing this, you know. Over and over. I mean, I think one of the the the, the second most uh, robust PR campaign is is the Juan Castillo is the savior campaign. You know that that we've seen getting getting uh, you know pulled and you know they're acting like everything's all everything's good with Spriggs and Ifedi. It's like oh we're all good. We got Castillo. So, I'm really looking forward to see what Castillo can do with Bart because he's just going to mold him like a piece of clay. Yeah, he's really going to mold Bart like a piece of Really? Okay, there's your Polish the Dome segment starting out real early. Uh, it's, it's not even begun, man. <laughs> Good old Bars. Yeah, you know, he might want to get on a field with some kind of reps before we start anointing the kid. We're going to have to have JJ back on. He did work with Notre Dame. so. Yes, JJ is the lone member of uh, JJ Stankiewicz from NBC Sports Chicago. Is one of the lone uh, bars uh, people in the media. Yeah. Bar none. No doubt. The bars backers always bet on Barsnaker. <laughs> so what did you guys think about Nagy's presser? I didn't read a lot into it. I mean, from what I saw, I mean, it seems like you had you got more out of it than I did. From what I saw, he he mainly was just talking about you know um, the being flexible and 
you know, and and how they're gonna how they're gonna kind of you know have to ramp up and get things going, and they haven't been able to do a lot. But then you know, being yeah, I mean, it's kind of like him and, and Pace have, have just gone back to this whole thing. You know, I was joking. I was like, how many times are you going to mention the facility? And, you know, uh, you know, and I think they were doing it on purpose as a sales pitch to the players. I mean, because you saw the Bears have had a very low amount of, of, of opt-outs, and I think part of that is because they did a great job of making the players feel safe. So those initial press conferences were as much – for that as anything, I mean, even, uh, and we'll talk about this more later, but Trevathan, you know, he was on the fence and, and when he got to the facility, I think that's ultimately like, okay, like they got us, but that, that, I didn't glean too much from what Nagy had said, um, that was new. Uh, no, and it's not a lot of football stuff, but what, what I kind of took out of it is it is all about COVID right now. And that's what Nagy kind of hit on. And, and this is a leader of men. This is a guy that, is good at bringing people together and the players feel safe with the things that him and pace have come up with. It's it's, he kind of alluded to the fact that it's bringing them closer as a team. They thought they were really close the last two seasons, but because of how safe the players feel, what they put in place, it's actually bringing them closer. There's more trust there. And I mean, it is all about COVID right now because they really haven't been able to do much on the field. So he, I think he kind of let us in on on what's what they're doing and the steps they're taking, and I think I think he's just a I think he's a really solid leader. I mean, granted, it's really gonna show um, by the time the season starts because the teams that have the good coaches, we're gonna be able to tell there is no preseason games. So the 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 teams with the best coaching are really gonna shine come come this season, especially without with all the restrictions. Coaching is going to really show yeah, probably more, more than ever. So we'll be able to really judge that this year. But I, I think as far as a leader of men, this guy is nailing it. I totally agree. He's been that way from the start, though. He's yep. not really deviated. He's always been that. I think the one thing I like about what's going on in these with him is he's delegating his power to hopefully smart people. Mm-hmm. I mean – like we've said several times before, that these people were unemployed for a reason. So we're hoping that maybe now, with Nagy leading them, maybe they can rekindle some of that old spark and get the offense scoring points. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not right. Yeah, I'm not writing him off as an OC though. Like, if you don't, you're a good leader of men, man. But like, if it, if this offense continues to play the way it is, you need to give up the reins on that eventually like I like him as a head coach but like the offense needs to step up and that that is on him well yeah I I agree with with what you guys said I mean I think that Pace and Nagy are both doing a very good job with all this Uh, there's a cynical side of me that says like you know it doesn't fucking matter blah 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 but it does I mean when you see like what's going on with John Gruden, like pulling some weird ass, you know, thing where he pretends to be hospitalized just to see his players reaction, you know, and a lot of people, and I'm sure players were like, what the fuck? Like, you know, don't, nobody wants to be jerked around during this time. You know what I mean? Like, and I just think like what Nagy has and, you know, I think Pace as well and, and the coaches that Nagy has is they have, you know, people that respect 
the players as humans and human beings. And I think that, you know, we have good character guys in that locker room right now. I mean, it's, it sounds like cliched shit, but you know, I think it's really true. I mean, I was talking with, uh, with uh, somebody on Twitter today, you know, they were, they were, you know, to put uh, that guy, C Harris, you know, who's put up a thing from, um, 2013, it was like, you know, Trustman, the Trustman era begins. And he was like, you know, it was something that he had posted like on Facebook, all hyped about the Trustman era. You know, and he's like, Oh, I can't believe we were all hyped about the Trustman era. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but like, do you remember the Trustman era just- actually delivered on his promise? You remember the Trustman era with his second ranked overall offense, the Trustman era that like made Matt Forte and Alshon Jeffrey and, and Brandon Marshall, like monsters. Like that was, I mean, well, it was also the way the team pitched it to us. Oh, he has this book out. It's about right. it's, it's about yeah, an inspirational book. But well, Steve Young came out and said how much of a guru he was. Like this was right. this yeah. was pretty Jeff Jeff Hostetler and like you know right. everybody's jocking him. I mean, you know, it's always a PR job, and right. so that's part of it. But but what I what I what I also remember and we remember is that he failed on the leadership part, yes. and he let the people who you know, not that they necessarily have questionable character, but he's a coordinator, things, not a head coach. Right. But when things go bad and when things went bad, the huge personalities like Marshall and Bennett and, you know, uh, Mel Tucker was a shitty defensive coordinator, so he couldn't control, you know, that side of the ball. I mean, you had Peppers who only played when he wanted to play. Mel and, also inherited an aging defense. Yeah, and aging that. and terrible. I mean, that defense was literally also Peppers. changed some of the schematics, too, on that defense. He did, but he really had no talent. He had Tillman, Peppers, Briggs, and, like, Jennings. Like, everybody else was garbage. Like, Shea McClellan and Conti and Major Wright. Yeah, it was a rough go. It was terrible. I mean, it was a bad roster, you know. So you had the second-ranked offense and the 30th-ranked defense. Now, the problem with Nagy is that never, we can to- never just get it at the same time. No. <laughs> like, and, and Cutler got hurt. <laughs> like, but the problem with Nagy is that, like, he came here to be offense, and he's been a good leader. And I think that, you know, uh, for the most part, you know, I think we have a much better roster than, you know, at, at we've had at times. But at the same time, like, the offense is shit. I mean, he had, like, uh, Pace, yeah, Pace hasn't really done – he really hasn't done much for our offense in, as a whole either. He's taking no. stabs. It's just that he keeps missing. You know, Kevin White gets sawed in half and then never shows up. I mean, Trubisky, say what you want. He's not been what – he was drafted to be. And he still can be that. Quarterback He's, makes a lot of that flow better. I, yeah. I like the some. I like the talent we have. Right, but you look at like. I think I think sometimes we're overly harsh on pace, uh, you know. And I vacillate on this. Some days I want to run him out of town, and some days I'm like, oh, we're being too harsh because really the draft is a crapshoot. And really, quarterbacks are a crapshoot. I mean, it, it, they it, they are. I mean, no matter where they're drafted, they're absolutely a crapshoot. I don't think Pace has done a good job as a whole. No, I agree. I think for the most part, he's it, where I where, and this is what I have said before: is that he overspends on everything. Yep. 
that is his problem is he is so he gets so set on what he wants that he will spend more draft capital and more money than he needs to spend. Yes. It's like today, this week, you know, I'm trying to be positive with the tailgate show, like, handle, you know what I mean? Because it's like everybody thinks we're just like the Trubisky haters and, and whatever. And I'm, so I'm trying to be positive. So I put out a thing with a training camp picture of Jimmy Graham, and it just says, Jimmy Graham's going to surprise a lot of people this season. Because I think Jimmy Graham is going to give us some production. I don't think Jimmy Graham's going to get 1,000 yards and, and 75 catches and 10 touchdowns or anything like that. I think Jimmy Graham has looks good. Whatever the fuck that means, he's he's going to play all 16 games probably, which he's done for the past however many seasons. Well, he's back in his scheme, like he said, that fits his skill set. Right. And if you look at Trey Burton, who before he got to Chicago had done buckets, had done jack squat, was another player that Pace paid too much for, that bought high on that nobody else was going to give that kind of money to, was a fucking backup. He had really good production before he got hurt. I mean, he, he was looking great. Like, you know, if, if Trey Burton plays the whole season, I mean, you know, he that's one of the better tight end seasons we've had in a long time before, like, maybe like Zach Miller and a couple. So, I like I like the Jimmy Graham sign just from the aspect too. Now Cole's here, so I think I think that's going to help him. You have a guy that's been at the top of his his skill set, profession, position. Graham had some great seasons. That's going to be really good to bring a young kid along. And so so, but the point is, is I put up this thing like you know he's going to surprise a lot of people, and it's like just gets hit with left and right of like yeah right like you know Packer fans want to chime in and say yeah we thought that too, and I'm looking back and I'm like you know 2018 Jimmy Graham had like 650 yards and like 50 60 catches and like four touchdowns and I'm like shit I would take that in a heartbeat yep. like if he gives us that this season I am good to go I know it's expensive or whatever. Nine million dollars, whatever. Who fucking cares? Not my money. Like, I'm just saying, like, if he gives us 700 yards and 50, 60 catches, shit, that's good. He could I mean, be Marty. He could be Marty Bennett for us. That kind of production. Yes. yes. I mean, if 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 Miller. Marty was a dog, though, man. Yes, he was. <laughs> and he was smart, you know. But he also took plays off. And he also I'm not talking yeah, I'm not talking about blocking. Mentalist bitch. Yeah, and didn't like it. But he you know, but like when he was focused, I mean he's a fucking great player. I mean he had all the ability in the world. It's just about being focused. You know. I mean and this I mean shit, it's not easy. You know what I mean? Like that's what separates great football players. There's a lot of talented football players. But what separates great football players is the ability to like transfer that talent into something, you know, I mean, that's get back a- on your point about the tight end position, you know, there was, this is kind of a weird fantasy thing, but the, uh, Trey Burton, he was like a top 10 fantasy tight end pickup. I mean, when you got him, that tells you a lot about the production that he was having, you know, he looked great. I, that's the one thing I can always like, with fantasy football and real football, that's the one thing I can always kind of equivalent to. You can always kind of, you know, who's having a good year. You just kind of look at your stats and be like, oh yeah, check him out. That's a position group that we haven't got shit out of since. Dude, if you 
I mean, I have played, I stopped playing fantasy football a couple seasons ago, but before that, I played fantasy football from 1998 to whatever, like 2018. Right. Every year. I'm sorry. Multiple leagues. Yeah, I mean, you know, but what I'm saying is that during that time, the amount of times when there were viable bears to be picked was like. Ever like Forte, Forte, yeah, <laughs> Marshall, Alshon, Bennett for a little bit. You know, I would always draft Cutler like in the late Bears rounds because he would because he would be around. Yeah, Bears defense sometimes. <laughs> um, but there was never like in the past ten years, right. Bears fantasy players like get the fuck out of here. It hasn't been since t- since like uh, Allen Robinson. Right. You know, I mean, you, you know, you know, only like some jackasses would think that you should take like Jordan Howard in the, in, in fantasy. <laughs> you know, you'd have to be a real fuckwad to think. Well, that. that was the number one overall pick. That was insane. But, uh, yeah. th- there was <laughs> n- not to, uh, your memory is ridiculous. So the, the, the other thing Maggie <laughs> did say, um, about, about being able to control situations without the preseason games, like these um, these simulated games that they had last offseason, they're gonna be able to have those again, and they're gonna be able to really control yeah. the situation where they can focus on the weaknesses. So mm-hmm. we did get a little glimpse into what his mindset is, where he right. feels like he feels like you're gonna be able to control that, and that that could be that could end up being a benefit for us. It could be. Um, it's just again we've talked about this, but it's such a bummer that he was finally willing to use the preseason. And unless he, he knew, just trying to tease us. I don't think he knew, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just I, I think that Nagy, like you said, he's a good leader. I think I, I hope that this team does a good job of policing itself because I just want to I want to see him win, man. I like Nagy. I like him a lot. I just want to see the fucking Bears win. No, like, I hear I, you, but I like I, I just like this coach. I don't care who the coach is. Like, fucking Ronald McDonald could be the coach. I just want to see him win. Like, yeah. I, and all I want is a quarterback that's not a laughing stock of the league, that's not in every other NFL memes. Fucking. Oh, you saw it, didn't you? Yeah. And then I saw PFF try to jump on the PFF afterward. Like, PFF, stop trying to be barstool. You're saying you're lame, bro. Yeah. And your opinions and your nerdy bullshit and your bad podcasts. Like, fuck out of here, PFF, trying to jump on the joke train. You got no jokes. You're not funny. Like, your shit is weak. Like, <laughs> I agree, man. Like, the, yeah. Stay in your lane. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, but this is like, I just want a fucking quarterback that's not the laughing stock of the league. Like, could we just have that? Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, I, I like, I like Nagy. I like yeah, what he has and, to say, and like, we've yeah. had coaches here that their press conferences are just freaking brutal. Well, he's like a human being. Like, he's the That's first I mean. yeah. coach in a long time. And and I was listening to uh, to uh, House Hall Intrigue with Patrick Finley and um, Jason Leisure, the sometimes the Manor King. Yeah, the Lanyard King of of Chicago. Um, <laughs> Patrick and they were talking about that. They were just like, you know, Nagy has has been very open, um, and they were saying that he feels even more open in this in this scenario because 
I don't know, maybe he's just been able to compartmentalize better because of the COVID, you know, because of COVID. Yeah. And, I, and I think as horrible as all that was, the George Floyd thing was the first thing that kind of brought guys together in a certain way. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest, like, you know, there's this camaraderie within the locker room, but you know, not a lot of guys like know what's going on in each other's like home lives or like are really, you know, good friends with each other. They're they're teammates and they you know, they they probably take a bullet for each other, but they don't know, you know, they don't know their wives' names or like whatever, some of them. You know what I mean? It's it's like work friends. You don't always have that. So I think I think you may see that. I think you may see a team that is super close and hopefully they are able to have this really hyper sense of accountability because that is absolutely what it's going to take. It is going to take guys really fucking going home. I mean, you know, man, I mean, not even from a sports perspective, like we are like really like the adversity that we've been thrown this year as a country. Mm -hmm. Like it's either going to go one or one direction or the other. Like we need to hopefully all come out of this stronger and better and more educated and more, conscious of what's going on around us and right. just try to become better from it. And I think that's what we're hoping for our football team too. But yeah, man, I mean, I can't, in my life, I don't remember a year where there's been so much adversity just from the health perspective, from how people treat each other. Like there's a lot going on, man. So like to, to see the way I'm, I'm proud of the way Nagy and the bears have handled a lot of this stuff. Well, to this I will point. say, I agree that, it's kind of nice to not see our franchise fuck it up. Right, you know, and I that feel part, that that will be the case. I, I, if, if if it gets fucked up this season, it's not going to be Bears players that did it. Well, like even like all the all the coverage you see of of the COVID stuff, you know, I heard Nagy say you got to treat this like you have it. Yeah, that was it's really. Just, and this is from a football coach, man. I haven't heard anybody say this. Right, like, right, because everybody's like been saying, "Oh, you got to treat it like everybody has it." And he's like, "No, you got to treat it like you have it, and you don't want to give it to your friend." And that should have been blown up all over the place. Like that should be friend. on, yeah, that right. should be on CNN right now. People need to hear that. Like, right. That's that, that was awesome. That's hundred percent true. Right? It, it hit me because, like, you know, I mean, like, I'm wearing masks at work, and like, it, the I'm out every day in this, and like, yeah, you got to treat it like you have it. If everybody could just do that, this thing, this thing would be taken care of pretty damn well. Yeah, I was just, I'm just saying, like, I'm very impressed with how 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 he's handled himself during during things up I to think, this point. I also think one of the underlying themes throughout all the pro the. Uh, Interviews is honesty with players with each other. Mm-hmm. He, that seems to be something that is really beat into their heads as coaches by the head coach. Right. That to be honest and forthcoming and don't hold back. Don't don't be a dick, but be a dick if you have to be. But be honest about it. And honesty is just it seems to be truly their policy. Yeah, although I will say that I do think that Nagy has been uh, a little uneven with his his honesty at, at, at press conferences. He's, he's, he's been very honest about some people and not very honest about other people. Yeah, I you agree know? with that. And that was one of the things, too, that those guys, Pat Finley and Jason Leiser, were saying is that 
they will be interested to hear Laser and DeFlippo whether they will stay on message, you know, because they felt like at times Helfrich Helfrich gave us the real story a few times last year. You know what I mean? Like they thought a comment that he made, like Mitch needs to make his layups, you know, like stuff Mm -hmm. like that. It was like you could tell, you know, that like, you know, behind closed doors, you know, they they were like, what the fuck with this kid? You know? Yeah. And, And so it'll be interesting to see you know, how how many excuses they're going to make for either one of those guys because I, I guarantee you that whoever they choose, they're going to kind of close ranks around that person, you know. Right. Uh, well, we're, we're used to not, you know, getting like putting players under the bus, right? But a good leader knows the temperature of the people that he leads. Right. They, they, you know the personalities well enough to know who can handle what. And like you said earlier, you, the, you felt like this, the, some of the pressers were pitched to the players about how safe things were here. Yeah. He, he probably, he probably honestly knew Miller could handle a little, a little knock under the bus. And Mitch is so freaking sensitive that he has to defend him because the players probably do listen to the pressers. Well, you know, what I mean, he, he knows who can handle what. And you need your quarterback to to be able to to be the leader. I mean, you a coach that, like if a coach starts slamming the quarterback in the press conferences, that's the beginning of the end. Like right. it's never gone well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in the history of the NFL, that's never happened. You can't have like some George Steinbrenner moment where it's like you know all of a sudden that the coach is like this guy can't play, you know, or something like, and, and that, and the thing that that's going to go well, it's just not going to go well. Right. So I don't necessarily blame him for it. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if they can keep it up. Number yep. one, because I've always said that I felt like with Nagy, he was such an open book at first that that bit him in the ass later because it became very, it became really obvious when it was, when, when he was trying to limit what he was saying, and sometimes he would get himself caught up in these, you know, word salads of like not really saying anything. So, I mean, that'll be, I mean, it, what ultimately comes down to is, again, we're not going to know shit about what goes on in these, in these practices. Right. I, I, They're still even, ramping up to a point where it's starting to really matter too. Right. I mean, even uh, Lewis Riddick was saying on Twitter that like, you won't know, you know, who's looking good. I mean, at all, you know, and he was talking about uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire on the Chiefs, you know what I mean? Is he going to, you know, uh, you know, is he going to end up being like, you know, and he was kind of referencing fantasy and whatever, but that's the thing is you're not going to be able to know, you know, because that's the kind of thing that, that only preseason would provide you. And then Pace, of course, had mentioned, you know, how that's going to limit their scouting because they're not going to know, they're not going to be able to see anything right. of other teams. Yep. So... I mean, you know, listen. Like I said, I'm. I I think we're all in agreement that we like Nagy. I don't see a scenario in which he's not back next season. Yeah, that doesn't give him a hall pass for this offense. Like that needs to step up. Like that needs to happen. Right. But all that other shit is important. Yes, he's a great. I think he's a great leader personally. But yeah, it's it's just. I mean, it's 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 shit is important. Did you guys get anything out of Laser? I didn't really. Team is hungry. You guys came in ready to go. Blah blah blah. It's Nagy's offense, and I'm here to 
Yeah, he, he one of the comments that got kind of kind of poked a little bit was him talking about Mitch's recall and sort of being impressed. Total recall. Yeah, just like <laughs> yeah. You know, like get your ass back to Mars. Fucking <laughs> Just yeah, him being able to like, you know, a uh, razor forty six X Z post, you know, fucking whatever. Niner. Yeah, niner forty nine or shit, you know, like oh, that that, that whole thing. Um, you know, him being impressed with that and a lot. He's of like he's like the van on the Van Wilder College Planet. What is it? One hundred one, two hundred two. Where are we at now? Yeah, exactly. So like he was, you know, like he mentioned that. I mean. <laughs> One of the things, too, with some of the pods I was listening to this week is that people were sort of saying that, like, everybody's talking about Mitch physically. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Mitch looked great. Mitch is in shape. Mitch, you know, physical, physical, physical. He's working on his mechanics. He's working on his footwork. The only thing anybody ever says about – They were about, saying that about Bortles, too. Right. But, but by and large, what everybody says about Foles is, what a great guy. The, what a great human being. What an amazing guy. Like, it's not a lot about his play, you know, other than, you know, we've, you know, I think Pace mentioned, you know, we've obviously seen the the level of play that he's, you know, that he's displayed and blah, blah, blah. But it's just kind of that's the narrative, you know, is is Foles is is a great guy and Foles is like, you know, a, a, is, is a player that everybody likes and, you know. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I think Mitch might be in the week week one starter. I, I just don't think that how many quarterbacks this far into their career have fixed things and turned it around. It's rare. It's rare. Well, yeah, and and I don't know if you guys listened to the to the to the Hogan Johns um, the other day with the with the quarterback tiers that that guy on the Athletic did the article about. Um, did you did you guys listen to that? I listened to a little bit of it, man. I, like I said, I had a real busy week, but it was good because he's basically this guy pulls. He has different tiers of quarterbacks. Tier one is like elite. Tier two is like you can win. You you can win because of them. Tier three is you can win with them, and tier four is like borderline starter. And so he asks like fifty. GMs, scouting directors, you know, people we got that two backups is that what came out of it? If we have <laughs> yes, we have two tier like low tier 3 tier 4 guys is basically what we have. And and he's, I mean, he was like they were like, "Okay, we'll go back and, you know, cuz he's been doing it for 7 years." The Bears have never had a higher than a – in seven years, the Bears have never had a higher than a Tier 3 oh, guy. Seems about right. Like well, even seven years. Well, he's only been doing it for I seven. <laughs> but, but what he was saying was, you know, and, and I think which is true, is just that, you know, ultimately people don't see anything, you know, and in, in the comments that he got about Mitch most often was – there's nothing special. Like he doesn't he doesn't wow you in any way. He wows Bears fans, but we're the most cheese dick like get excited about any good quarterback play fan base maybe of all time. And I, I own that hundred percent. Like I do it too. Yeah. So it's not me calling anybody out, but we see one fucking throw and it's like plenty for us for the whole season. You know what I mean? Like it's like 
but but opposing you know other people see him and go okay but does he you know you're down and you got to throw your way back into a game oh it's, yeah two minute mitch yeah right but like, when he stops thinking he do, do, do. right well that's and that's what's that's what's messed up is it's like I mean, it's just not it's just not enough. You know what I mean? And they were talking about like and he was saying he's like, OK, what he's like, let me ask you, what's the signature moment for Mitch? Tampa. Nobody mentioned Ooh. Tampa. And I don't I Tampa to me doesn't count. Tampa's like Tampa to me is like one of those games where it's like the defense was horrible. Probably, played me, like shit in the probably, playoffs. It came back in the to set us up for a field goal. Probably the New England game. Was probably his best game, I think. But he, but he also then we lost in that game, and that's what Hogan Johns were both saying is that like you still see glimpses, and then he has like they brought up the Washington game last season, right? But he had bad interceptions and bad plays in that game where you just throw up your hands like what the fuck, you know? To me, like in most recent memory, I would say the Cowboys game. Is is the one where I say if that's the Mitch that we could ever get, but he still had that bad interception. I think it was at the end of the first quarter or whatever it was, where it was just like again scratching your head, like what is he fucking doing? Now that's gonna happen. That's okay. And you know, Tampa game, man. That was like. But see, to me, that's not repeatable. I want a game. I want a game where he's 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 good and 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 he can repeat that. You can't expect the Tampa game to happen more than once or twice in his career. Like that's that's my issue with that. Like that's a fluke, like weird, like Madden glitch game where I was just like. I'm just saying that's the only part. That's the only time I felt like, wow, we got something here. Right, and everybody loves to you know talk about the fourth quarter of the playoff game. Right. You know, or like whatever. But like, I mean, even they brought up. It's like people talk about the San Diego game last year as a game we should have won if they didn't. It's like, yeah, well, you know, uh, what's-his-face missed a kick, but at the same time, like, we had bad coaching. Mitch missed Taylor Gabriel on open touchdown. Like, I mean, there's always – there's in every game, there's some Mitch stuff where it's like – and that's what they mentioned is just like there are every single game is there's times where it's like he just – I I want to get you guys in the mindset back of that that playoff game against Philly. Because I can remember my mindset. And I'm like, I'm like, Foles Foles is fucking lobbing up balls right now that we should be intercepting, but Eddie's on the sideline. Those are are balls that he would be eating up right now, right? Yeah. I'm like, I wasn't that impressed with Foles, to be honest. And Foles didn't play good in that game until the fourth quarter. And we had had Mitch who put us basically in a hole with the way he played and then tried to bail himself out of the hole that he created. Mm -hmm. And everybody's all excited about it. Oh, well, he almost did. It's it's, it's Parky's fault. And now we have Foles. Yeah, going against Mitch. It's just like, mm, right, but come Foles, on, man. It, with the game on the line, Foles made the plays. Foles made a touchdown to Tate. Foles drove them down the field against our defense, and our defense helped them out with stupid penalties. He but it was two mediocre quarterbacks, and now we have them competing for the starting job. I know. We have two backups. <laughs> He, he could have hit Anthony Miller for that touchdown. Yes. Okay. Foles would have hit that. And another thing about Foles lobbing up balls, if he plays, that's what he does. Because well, he puts the touch that the receivers need. I understand that. But. but he also throws to the spots, and sometimes it looks like lobbing up balls. Because 
and I'm not comparing Foles to Mahomes, but Mahomes does that shit too, where he just throws it and you're like, where the fuck is he throwing? And then all of a sudden, Tariq Hill's there. Yeah, he understands how to put the right touch on the ball for the, for the receiver. Oh, where the ball's going. When the receiver and the quarterback know where the ball's going and the ball is where it's supposed to be, that's undefendable. Right. And it's it was to Alshon. Right. Who's really good at 50-50 ball, so. And, and I think that, honestly, that's... It's another failing that that uh, Pace has had is he has not gotten a big possession receiver that's like that. I think A-Rod but, could be like that if he had a quarterback that had the balls enough to put him in the yeah, – Yeah, yes, I, I agree. And But I think that that's I think Wims th- could be that too. Yeah, Wims – but Wims is a seventh-round pick. I mean, you're not, you, you're not telling me that, that Pace has gone out and gotten a serious, you know – like real deal, like big receiver who can, you know, uh, I mean, there's this big, I don't even know if he's still on the roster, but they drafted that huge kid out of like Kentucky or whatever. That's like some monster. Uh, A-Rod could be that guy all day. He could be. I mean, we've, the thing is we've never seen A-Rod with a, with a good quarterback. No. And so one of the things that they've talked about that they're going to be judging on is not just accuracy, but, but finding that down to, Ball placement. Like it's not just did you did you complete the pass, but did you complete it where it's supposed to go? Did right, you, not just check down Charlie. Yeah, and then not not bail out. I mean, it's like people. Everybody's favorite thing to do is is rip on Tariq for all his drops, you know. And it's like I had to defend Tariq this week on Twitter. It's like Tariq had 79 catches. Okay, that's fourth among all running backs. But he had almost no yards because every time Mitch threw him the ball, he was like horribly. Like, and number one, that's part of the reason is because the defense can key on him because we have no tight end to pull a linebacker anywhere. So, so everybody's, you know, anybody who's smart is how do you defend against Mitch? You, you blanket a Rob and you blanket Tariq because we don't have anybody else. In this offense, man, like the, the tight end telegraphing stuff is, is they, they key in on tight ends and where they're moving. Well, the tight end is. Tight end needs to be able to sell that. Right. The tight end's the adjuster in this right. offense. So if tight end moves, goes into motion, or whatever, that's that's a key for the quarterback to be able to tell what the damn defense is. Yep. And if we don't have tight ends and even exist, you know, so it's like, again, that that goes back to not necessarily putting all the blame on Mitch. But if Mitch was a transcendent player, he would have been able to rise above that. Because despite the offensive line playing bad, despite the tight ends playing bad, despite no running game to speak of, every single game there were wide open touchdowns that missed Mitch. That Mitch missed. Yeah. And that's so it's like you know like receivers are schemed open. It's just a matter of hitting them. All the time there. And, and you saw there was a PFF put out. And a, a great quarterback can make everything look better. That's the thing. Right. They, as many have said, they raise all boats. It makes everybody look better. The defense gets to play with a lead. I mean, you know, that was a, another thing. It's like this, I don't know, another one of these jags with NFL on their tag decided they should start tweeting about the Bears and, and wants to tell me that uh, – that Corderell Patterson should be our, our number one running back. And Corderell Patterson's going to – this guy actually bet me on Twitter that Corderell Patterson would lead the Bears in rushing. 
I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> and, and, and like, I forget who who was who was uh, talking. It was one of the podcasts I was listening to this week, and how they break down stats and basically, you know, like if a running back has three one-yard runs and then has a twenty-six-yard run, it, it's it's. It was really interesting to hear how the stats are broken down, but you also got like you're gonna get better running stats when you have the lead. Sure. Like you can't you can't just look at like um, a running back's total stats anymore. It's when they're happening and how effective they are. Right. And we don't we you know I mean we were in that position. Everybody's like he doesn't run he doesn't run. We he'd run more if we had the lead to try to preserve it. Right. Well, and and that's the thing too is that I think it's a passing league still. I know that league and and Nagy uh, and Reed both like to pass on running downs, um, you know, and pass to sort of open up the run, so to speak. Uh, This Nagy Reed comparison too, at least like from what I've been hearing a lot this week, Reed Reed uses analytics. Nagy needs to start more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I can't really say I know a lot about that. Uh, about that, but you know, I just like. I was reading this article on on the Athletic by this guy named Shiel Capadia, and he did the breakdown of every team. You know, and he's talking about you know basically the, the absolutely horrible efficiency of this offense. And like we're they use this uh, EPA. Um, stat and basically like we're 20 at a shotgun 26 out of 30th for rushing uh, at under center 30th <laughs> 11 personnel 30th 12 personnel 27th <laughs> like it, it's it's brutal like I mean even you know Montgomery uh, Montgomery they were not you know not very kind to like the only thing he really is is good at in terms of the way that these advanced stats say is is breaking tackles like his he was was it laser that was saying we kind of need to find there's all different ways to go about getting the run game going and we need to find our identity with that like if we're going to what type of run team we're going to be you can adjust that and they need to they really need to find that i mean i just think you know like you i really hope that we're not hearing that in week 10 again though like what's our What's our identity? Like, these guys need to get in a room and decide what the fucking offense is. Mm-hmm. And, and one of these two quarterbacks needs to be able to run it. Like, I don't – like, I don't want to – I don't want to live through a first half of an Eagles game like we did last year. Right. There's two yards and – Give me four no first Daniels at center and, let, and let's get it on. Right. What? And there's another thing that he was looking at. Trubisky in 2019, 28th in QBR – like, sorry, Jared, I didn't mean to cut you off there, man. I mean, he ranks like it's like 30th, 27th, 32nd, like in all the metrics, you know. And this theory that he's so great against man, he's 30th against man. Like, and and what he was saying is that Foles, Foles is actually better against man than than. Um, said what's interesting is Foles is the opposite during 2017. He was better against in against man coverage. He's actually worse against zone, which is weird. Hmm. Hmm. Good times. Did you guys get anything out of the Tabor interview? I know AA, you love Tabor. Well, 
they just they talked about they wanted uh, they wanted the Panera to gain weight. Yeah. He he didn't look happy to be there. I'll tell you that. But the the one thing that was interesting, the only thing I found kind of interesting was he kind of said he, he looked back and like kind of thought about any season that's been remotely familiar to this one. And he he said the lockout season was the only thing he could compare it to. I thought that that was interesting because they missed spring that season, you know. But that that's about all I got out of that. What about Pagano? Uh, it's like Belichick said, uh, you know, they don't have they don't have preseason in college football every year. They do it, <laughs> right? So fuck it. Uh, Pagano, I thought Pagano was really good. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a Pagano guy. I like Pagano. Um, well, he stands on the sidelines. Yeah, they've been hitting them <laughs> on, the grass. on the grass thing. Um, the What I liked about what Pagano said is two things. I think he, he validated what we were talking about, about Jalen Johnson is not going to get handed this job. Um, he kind of revealed that he's been limited a little bit in practice due to his shoulder stuff, he called it. But he's recovering from injuries, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's he the he had good, good length, though. Yeah, he's – I mean, oh, they nice. love his traits. And the guy the guy looks the part. Nobody's saying he doesn't look the part. I mean, he's – you know, he's a guy that fell for a reason, though. He fell because of his injuries. So we'll see if we got Eddie Jackson, you know, or or not. I mean, mm-hmm. Tolliver's the same thing. Tolliver was supposed to get drafted a lot higher than he did, and he fell for whatever reason. I don't Interesting know. what he said about Dion Bush, too. Right. So he said – he basically said, you know, and he mentioned a lot of guys. Um, you know, he mentioned Shelley and and um, Artie Burns. And, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I think we have a good amount of depth at cornerback right now. I think we're in a good spot, but, but I think – you know, that don't be surprised if Tolliver's out there in the beginning of the season. That's all. No, you can't sleep. I like Tolliver, man. You like, can't sleep on him. Like, Jalen has missed a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. And, all the rookie workouts, all that shit. Yeah. He's missed it. And so then the other thing he talked about was was a safety battle. And, and Biggs asked him, you know, what do you like about Tayshawn Gibson and, and Deion Bush? And are they going to give you what you want so that Eddie Jackson can play in the post? So he can, you know, and this is everybody's favorite thing. And we've talked about it, too, so we're not immune to it. But everybody's favorite little pet thing to say about the Bears is hey Jackson played out of position last year because of all Clinton Dix and because of Pagano and blah 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 blah. Well the reality is is that A. Jackson had to come up a lot more to make plays because they were missing Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman was getting cut and the defensive line was not getting a pass rush and you were missing Roquan a game and you missed Danny, you know, so Eddie Jackson had to come up and make plays. Two Eddie, people are staying away from Eddie Jackson because he's now known as a ball hawk. So you're not going to throw to that guy much, and that was the case. So it's like you have, if you have a choice of who you're going to throw to, HaHa or Eddie, who are you throwing to? You're throwing to HaHa. Like that's just reality. Yeah, and he also said you, as far as the competition for safety, you don't want to just say you have a free and a strong safety because it, it, the games dictate that. Like you need guys to be able to do everything. So, right, and that's what he said. You know, they can't. If if you give that away on tape, then it give, it completely changes your ability to disguise stuff. Exactly. 
Like, so if, and, and, and nobody wants to hear this because they all wanted Eddie Jackson to be like, you know, a hall of famer in year three or whatever last year and just repeat the insane season that he had. And I wanted that too. I mean, that was some of the best football we've ever seen up there. Do well, you remember Revis, man? That was Revis Island. Nobody was throwing to him. That's almost a respect. He's gained respect from the league. Like he has, <laughs> but he also came up and did a lot more than I think he, I thought he was capable of. Like, right. I think he became a more well-rounded safety. Yeah, he's more physical now. Yeah. Yes, and and he and he came up and made some hits. I still think he has tackling issues, and I don't think he likes to get his nose in there that much. Like he's he tries to like hit people more than tackle them, which I wish he would clean up a little bit. But he's not he's not no Mike Brown or anything. No. No, no. no. But but what I think you're gonna see is. <clears throat> With Tayshawn Gibson and or Deion Bush, and I think Gibson will probably win the job, but they said they're going to get equal reps with the first team, and they said that they told Tayshawn Gibson that was the deal, like he's not guaranteed the starting job, uh, which is also weird because they, they brought a safety from the Rams in today for visits, supposedly, which is a weird sort of wrinkle to that, like kind of like, really? Okay. I think we've talked about it before that Pagano has in the past used three safeties on, on the yeah. field. Yes. So you can very well see that and that they're getting half reps. You can, I mean, it could be very much polishing for that return of the, like a cloud three or whatever with three safeties. Absolutely. Or you play a big nickel. You know, and 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 the reality is, is that most teams are in nickel all the time now. You yep. know, it's one of the reasons why. And don't let anybody tell you that losing Eddie Goldman is not a big deal. But the reality is, is that you're in nickel a lot, and you know, you know, Eddie Goldman's only on the field for forty percent of the time. Now that's that's in a good defense. You know, I mean. If you're giving up, if you're getting gashed on first and second down by runs, then things might change a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just it's just how it goes. But I, I just I like what Pagano had to say. Like I think he, he you know he had good answer for that. I also think that we need depth. Like we do not want to be in a position like we were with that playoff game where you have a guy, you know, who goes down and we're just sunk. Yeah. yeah, we got money to spend, too. I also like Pagano's answer when he was asked about how are you going to help out with the quarterback competition on the defensive end. He's like, hey, we got competitions on our side of the ball. we got the safety, the cornerback. Like, it's going to be one hand washes the other. They're going to ask Nagy and Laser to throw things at the guys that are in competition on their side and vice versa. So I thought that, that was a pretty cool perspective into that. He's like, hey, we got competition here, too. Right, One, well, and they said, you know, they're going to, Ask them to do things. You know what I mean? The offense right. is going to, you know, hey, we need to see this. We need to see how they react to this. Yep. You know, and I think that they're going to. And, I, I mean, listen, nobody, I, I like Fangio, but I think Pagano as a man and as a leader is a better guy for this situation than Fangio would be. Fangio is more like an old school, you know, like just suck it up. I don't want to talk about your feelings type of person. And, you know, I just think Pagano's better equipped to 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 deal with this this you know what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do miss Vic though. Well, as well, I got into an argument, you know, as we want to do on Twitter, with somebody saying that 
you know, basically they are blaming Pagano for Eddie Jackson not playing well because, you know, and, no. and, and, and because he's so blitz happy. I said, no, it's all injuries. It was all injuries and lack of pass rush. He, they blitzed six more times in 2019 than 2018. Like, that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, he did bring a few more corner blitzes. I didn't look up the stats on that, but it, it did feel that – you know, that's something that I saw happen more frequently, but that was honestly because they were trying to generate pass rush. I think the backups look better under Vic, to be honest. I agree. I mean, that's that's the thing that scares me the most is, you know, the idea that Iggy and Woods are, are backups at linebackers is scary as hell. Mm, yeah. I don't even want to think about that. Like, if we end – like, and I said this – if, if there's a scenario where for some reason Roquan and Danny are both out, we are fucked. Like, sorry. <laughs> like, you, you might as well just pack it in and play for Josh Fields or Trevor Lawrence because if we end up with those Ooh. two dudes as our line Trevor, man, we're golden. Like, we're in trouble if those are, you know, and then – I mean, I, I like I feel much better about the about well, in a three-four defense. If you lose your two middle linebackers, I don't think many teams in the league would be able to recover from that very well. No, but I feel like with KPL and Kwiatkowski last year, we were in a good spot. Now nobody could have told you that KPL was going to be a, a cable backup, and he did, you know, kind of cost us a game um, with a stupid mistake, but. But at the same time, like, I feel like that worked out pretty good. I just have no confidence that Iggy and Josh. Pay should have drafted Jalen Smith. That was a mess up, too. From where, Jer? Uh, nowhere. No, all right. From, from the school yeah. of hard knocks because Allen Robinson took his ass to school. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And they, they played off of him? That's yeah, that right. Guy. I'll tell you what, though, this this is one week where I wish I did have credentials. Like, I wanted to be credentialed this week because mm-hmm. I really think the, the media did us a disservice by not asking Roquan what, what it was like to be with the Bella Danger. <laughs> like, that's, that's what, you know what I mean? Come on. I, they did give some pretty softball questions, I thought. Roquan's interview was so slough, dude. Maggie got some softball questions. Did you listen to Quan's interview, though? I just saw the quotes. And they're, it was they're, just like the the same old. He has a chip on his shoulder, and like it, one thing with Biggs, man, he's asking all the weight questions. I find that fucking hilarious. Like Biggs, <laughs> he's like asking the Panero weight questions and Roquan yeah. the weight questions. Like Biggsy, man. Yeah. Sometimes you get typecasted. He's <laughs> uh, a fucking genius, right? You got a, some guy today. I guess the the the. One of the doctors that's worked with Alan Robinson and, and trainers, like they work with uh, David Montgomery, put a thing that Montgomery's dropped from, you know, eight to something, I don't know, like 12 to 8% body fat, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like some fucking guy who's not even a Bears fan was like, oh, that's not good. He's going to be more injury prone. <laughs> just like, arguing with a doctor, yeah. Like, this is what Twitter has become. Wake up and start arguing with. Doctors and scientists. I've argued like, with Twitter doctors before. Well, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> stupid Twitter doctors. Let's not, uh, let's not get that twisted. Right. The one well, thing that was kind of surprising, though, when Roquan, man, they asked him about, like, what, what's what been the, the weirdest thing for you since you've been back? <laughs> Roquan, man, like, I don't know. Like, he said masks. 
<laughs> I'm like, bro, we're in a pandemic. He's like, he's, he was basically said, oh, I'm just not, you know, the masks have been different. I'm not used to that unless you're in a nail salon. I'm like, bro. <laughs> he's, a he's a goober. I'm like, but you're not used to masks by now, Roquan? Come on, man. He's living that life, though. He's on the fucking love boat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's a fucking goober. That's all I got to say. That guy's a goober. He's yeah, going to he, be a beast on the field, though. I, just I hope so. I hope so. Uh, I like Quan, man. I don't think he's getting the green dot, though, by the way. I know you said you saw something, but I don't think he's calling the plays. Well, I think he has to eventually. I think when Danny Danny's not going to be here forever, I think Quan needs to step up and take that role. Yeah, well, Trevathan's planning is, you know, Trevathan's like legacy, 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 he, right? He did. He did say he, he wants to to be mentioned and in, in he understands the legacy of the linebacker position for the Bears and wants to wants to win a Super Bowl to just further that legacy here. Well, if he wins the Super Bowl, it's all good to go. I mean, if he wins the Super Bowl, Pat Scales is good to go, and that shit. Like I don't, you know, you don't even have to be a player. Mm. <laughs> You just have to crush a lot. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad he's motivated. I hope he stays healthy. I mean, that's the thing we've said over and over is, like, health, health, health. And then, you know, the biggest thing about his interview was him discussing the decision to play, I thought was very interesting. His fiance, you know, his, yeah. kid, his fiance has uh, asthma, and his kids both have asthma. So he really had to make a hard decision based on their life. So I just found that really interesting that he really, uh, I guess the facility sold it for him. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's again, that's another thing where it's like these guys feel safe. That's going to be one less thing on their mind. And ultimately, they're probably safer going to Hallis Hall every day than in any other scenario. You know what I mean? I mean, House Hall's probably gonna be the safest place they go all week. Right. He also and, he also mentioned that he he felt like he was at a place before the injury where he was he was being, he was able to play the game mentally and physically, and he can't wait to continue that. So he kind of felt like he he was at another level in in his game. Right. And well, that's because why? Because he's a, this is the best linebacker he's ever had next to him. Yeah. So. That's, you know. Von mm, Miller's pretty damn good. Well, in this Bears career. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and Von Miller's really more of a D-end. Mm, yeah. But, yes, in his Bears career, that's what I meant. I, yeah. I'm forgetting about Denver. I mean. Oh, Brandon, yeah, they had Brandon Marshall there too, right, with him? Right, the other Brandon Marshall. Yeah, yeah, so he's had. I'm saying as a bear, mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't. He hasn't had great. I mean, you know. Well, you can see you can see what he could do whenever he was feeling good. You know, you go back to the Washington game where he he kind of throws the lazy leg at the yo, line. Yo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he doped him and still fast enough to get the sack. Mm-hmm. The question isn't is that is never been his athletic talent. It's not his athletic talent that we worry about. Right. It's his health, and it's still his health, and it's always going to be his health until he proves otherwise because he's undersized. He's not big. Right, but what – I mean, anymore, what linebackers are big? I mean, you got – Yeah, the game's changed, man. You know, I know it's changed, but – I know. It's just crazy. It's just like you don't see these 250-pound linebackers. 
No, you need him to stay with tight ends now. Like, you know, with, you know, four or five speed. Like, that's, you know, that's that's just what's crazy. Like, it's just like, you know, these big, bigger linebackers just don't, you know, they can't make I think that's what makes Erlacher so special for, made him so special for our defense. He was 6'4", and can still book it, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, but he, he also. A, yeah, he was a safety. But he was also allowed to completely roam. Yes, you know, and then cover two scheme that worked and fit for him. Right. I mean, you know, and you remember when he, you know, when he when he was drafted and he had a, and they had him playing outside, he wasn't he didn't look special. No. It wasn't until he got moved to the middle, or everybody was like, "Oh shit!" Lights Danny, sorry, Danny mentioned too. It was the the one thing that was weird for him is he likes to get in early, and with all these protocols, it's like kind of preventing that from happening but he also said he, the, getting that stuff jammed up his nose man it's just that's that's just like he's not feeling that no it sucks yeah i get to do that tomorrow morning again yeah oh. he, he had on dick the dick a comment too oh you know? yeah well he's been very very outspoken you know calling out the old heads for their yeah, he just said they're legends but he, he needed to speak his mind on it he, he right. didn't and that's fine. I think that that's fine. I mean, that, that's the biggest yeah, thing is, it's it like is. nobody's trying to cancel anybody. But if nope. but if people have opinions, you can have opinions about their opinions. If you want to make a statement, hey, I can say, you know what? I thought I think that's dumb of you to make that statement, and it can affect my opinion of you. Like that's, I'm not telling anybody to throw their, you know, single cherry jersey in the trash because because of, of a photo. I just look at it and go, really. Right now, like, is that this? Is this is this really what you want to do? And if it is, more power to you. I didn't know that. Changes my opinion of you personally. If it doesn't change your opinion of him, great. Same thing with Dicka. I mean, Dicka, we've always known as an old kook, you know. But it's like nobody's trying to cancel what he did as a player, as a as a coach, as you know, all that stuff. I mean, same. It's like I look at P. Rose, like. They try to cancel Pete Rose's baseball career because of what he did as a manager and and because of all the shit he did after he was out of the game. I think that's not cool. Not to get too political right now, man, but, like, right. I think we got a better competition with Foles and Trubisky than we do with the presidential race here. Let's just put it that way. I think that's even more brutal than our quarterback competition. So. Not to get too political, but here's a completely political story. <laughs> all I'm saying is, right. either way, it's not that great. Yeah, well, it's a couple of backups either way. <laughs> that's what we're dealing with politically, too. Yeah. <laughs> would you ra- this sounds like a good would you rather. No. Would you rather vote for your president or would you rather pick the quarterback competition winner of the Bears? Well, quarterback competition. It actually ended up being a dead heat, but there, everybody, there, there was a how our, our sister or brother, I don't know, our sister, our, our sister podcast, <laughs> Alice Hallbrawl, um, put up a, a poll asking, you know, who would you rather have, Baker Mayfield or Mitch? And for a while, Mitch was winning. And I was just like, I don't – what could you see? I mean, like, I, Baker's got issues, but I still think Baker's ceiling is way higher. And I and I, I absolutely expect Baker to, to have a much better career – well, he's going to have a better season statistically because they're they're playing their schedules like the past defenses they're playing aren't that great. Right, but he's also got way better weapons. I mean, you, imagine if we mm-hmm. had 
What? Mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry and, and OBJ? And Nick Chubb? I've never, been, I've never been that high on Jarvis Landry. And Odell's been on the fucking decline for how many years now? He's, but you're he's, about that Chubb, though, right? Chubb, Chubb, bro. Chubb, they got the, – the, the Browns uh, – Across the board, have higher, better offensive talent than we do. I disagree. Who's better, uh, A. Rob? Other than that, you can't. Uh, Anthony Miller's not better than Jarvis Landry. I don't know what Anthony Miller can do because he hasn't had a freaking quarterback. Jarvis Landry hasn't had quarterbacks either, and he puts up numbers every single year. He's all right. Okay. <laughs> I wanted Jarvis Landry here. We should have had both of those guys. You know the head. So they got two head cases there, man. I don't think Jarvis Landry's a head case. He's a little, he's a little eccentric. But so are all receivers. Allen Robinson's like the first one who's not a nut job. Most receivers. What most most like good receivers are a little nuts. Hmm. I mean, it's it's very common. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he says. Hmm. <laughs> you don't think so? Not all of them, no. Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey. I don't think Alshon was a nut. He was a, a kind of diva-ish. He was emotional as hell and was softer than a freaking wet box of tissues in the rain. Not the soft tissue issue. Okay. Yeah. Alright. But that but ultimately soft tissue shit is want to. I mean everybody soft knows. tissue shit is bad condition. It's all of that. It's it's not taking care of yourself, not eating good, not not exercising the right way, not training the right way. And it's also about not just wanting to play through that shit. Sometimes, yes, I'd agree with that. I mean, I, I think a lot of the times, the football players will tell you they're always playing with soft tissue shit. They wake up every morning <laughs> feeling that stuff. And they have to get themselves to the point where they can play, you know, like warm themselves up, get themselves all, you know, lathered up. And, you know, and it's not it's not like back in the day when when they, you know, like Walter Payton used to put like an like an analgesic salve all over his entire body. <laughs> like, like, and they would get jacked up on horse tranquilizers and go out and play. Like, I mean, that's how the old players, the tough players, and everybody's like, oh, they were so tough. They were on fucking drugs. Mm. Every single one of them was on painkillers that would knock out a rhinoceros. Right. They did. Danny also had it so bad with the Vicodin. Yeah, I remember that. But they uh, they asked Danny with Goldman out, um, like, what his feelings were. He said it's a huge loss. Um, he did mention Bilal and Roy, which I found interesting when, when asked about Eddie, that, that those two need, are going to have to step up, basically. And him and Roquan, I, him and Roquan are going to have to adjust with Eddie being out is basically what he what he had to say about that. Well, I, I think that Bilal, between Bilal, Roy, Jenkins, and Abdul Anderson, I think – we're going to be okay at that. I'd still like to bring in another defensive lineman, though. And yeah. Daniel, Daniel's going to the Bengals, they're saying now. That that was one guy that I would have liked to see right. them bring in. I just I don't see the, I don't think they're going to do it. I I'm mean, just they, saying. They, we need some snacks. We need some snacks. I just don't see it. Like, 
I just I feel like that I feel like that the Bears are all about the family right now, and they're like closing ranks, and I just don't think they're gonna bring in, you know, bringing snacks for the boys. You know what I'm saying? What, what what's better for family than some snacks? Everybody loves snacks. You know what I mean? I love me some snacks. We need some snacks. Well, no, but I think you're gonna miss that big body presence and somebody that can just. Yeah, somebody, not only just stalemate the center, but also take on a double team with the guard and not lose. You know, that's something that I I, I don't think Roy Robb's big enough to do that. <laughs> Jenkins is, but I mean, can he just not lose as much? If if you understand what I'm saying, it's well, like, you're just gonna see more more of a four three set. Well, you're already just gonna see. Four down, probably. So. Yeah. Being a nickel and things like that. So well, we just we just need a nice rotation. That's all. And a rotational piece will be needed. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, the Bears the Bears had uh, they had a they hosted a visit with d- the defensive back Marquis Christian. Ooh. He appeared in all 16 games for the Rams last year, 36 total tackles, 27 solo, and two pass defenses. I'll have a film breakdown ready probably midweek on him. 25 years old. He was on 34% of their defensive snaps in the last two seasons. He's played in 55 games in the last four years. It sounds like he's healthy. It's interesting, though. Yeah, but it's interesting. It's like why – you know, what What do you think that's about? You know what I mean? Like, what is that, like, you know, maybe they, they like, Sherrick's on the ropes or? I don't, I don't know. know. They need Sherrick more than ever now with the special teams. I agree. I mean, I don't, I, I, that was one of the things that pissed me off the most last year was how they did Sherrick. Like, like, I don't you know, healthy scratching that guy? Like, come on. Well, they lost Lucas, so bringing another safety isn't really that big of a deal. Right. I guess, guess so. I guess You know so. what I mean? They just want that competition in there. Another, yeah, I want yeah, I want to stress another. out about that. But, dude, I had my Twitter moment of the week, like, when Ross Reed posted about people getting upset about that WAP song. <laughs> and, and, and Brez, dude, Brez, what's WAP? And, and Ross, Ross told Ross told him, and like that was it. You didn't hear anything from that. I'm like, dude, I was dying. Crickets. crickets. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't know about that, Mikey. I accidentally watched the WAP video, and I'm appalled. <laughs> it's like. Dude, how many rap songs have men sung for however long about about all about sexual conquest and like? Remember Oxelli? Put it in your mouth. Hey, like, I got one to freak out because chicks want to want to want to you know flip the script. I, I mean, guess, I, was, I, guess, I guess you've been offended if you never experienced it. You know what I mean? Like some dudes just might not be able to get it there. Right. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wow. Some guy got killed for saying that it's not that good, and like everybody was just like, "Well, you just ain't that big." (laughs) If you don't know, yeah, you don't have a mop bucket and a a mop. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, they had to, they had apologized to the to, to booty eaters. <laughs> Called them bottom feeders. Bottom feeders. <laughs> bottom feeders. <laughs> bottom feeders. Hold on, hold on. We were just playing with Jews, okay? Like, that's sad. Like, we we're, we're, we're really mean that. We still want our booties eaten, okay? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's the first we thing have, I ever thought about. Like, wait, what? Oh, really, that's it. They make me upset. They're booty eaters, okay? <laughs> hey, bottom feeders keep the ocean clean, man. Mm. <laughs> wow. Fish. Damn it, I didn't. Credentials ain't happening. I wonder, wonder if we can get an email from BJ. <laughs> from Brawl Network HR. Oh, uh, God. <coughs> oh, recent statement about bottom feeders. What? Okay. You guys, you guys really need to cl- clean it up. Clean up, those credentials. Oh man. <laughs> but I hope everybody's doing good out there. It's uh, mm. I'm ready for some real football, man. I'm really hoping it happens. How much do you think the college season, if the college season gets canceled, mm. how much do you think that affects what the NFL does? Doesn't mean it's getting canceled though. Doesn't mean they're going to try to do it in the spring and the guys getting drafted just aren't going to play. And that's what I think is going to happen. And why the fuck would they? Uh, it does not affect what the NFL does whatsoever because there's there's just too it's a different world. Too much money, and the players are part of that money. If the players were a part of the money in college football, you wouldn't have this problem either. You don't think? Not to the level. Not to the same level. I mean, you talk about the draft process and the scouting process, and I think we talked a little bit about this last week. But Oh, it's going to affect that. Imagine high, being a high school kid trying to – it's going to be – I mean, most of these kids are already on radars anyway. Tonga Tua-la-la-la-la-vula-vula-vula just transferred away from – Tonga who? Tua's brother. Oh, okay. He's supposed to be the quarterback for Alabama. Really? Potentially be the quarterback for Alabama transfer. Where's he at? And he went to Maryland. No. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I think it's going to change a lot. I mean, but if I'm sitting there and I'm and I'm Trevor Lawrence, I mean, although he's all weird and I'm his like we want to play shit right now, but and so is Justin Fields, but like, I don't know why those guys. Why do you want to play? Like. <laughs> You're gonna get drafted. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would be. If I was a family friend of Trevor Lawrence, I'd be like, eh, maybe delete that. <laughs> yeah, he's just doubling down on it. <laughs> cool. I mean, it's cool. I get it. He's a kid still. That's that's part of the problem with college. You've got their children, literally. Right, but and his situation is different. You know what I mean? Like he's not trying to feed his family. You know, a lot of these guys that are trying to get into the league are, are trying to, to to bring their family out of poverty. That's not his story. <laughs> you know, so it's different for him. Can I get you my know? polish in, in a minute? Get your polish in. Let her up. Da, 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 da. Well, Mr. Barone, our tight end coach, he's, 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 oh. 
He's uh, Coach Algie Crumpler, Antonio Gates, Julius Thomas, Kyle Rudolph. This is what he had to say. So big. He's so big. I always thought he did look fast in college, Barone said. There's nothing slow about 4.7 seconds that's actually really good for an NFL tight end. I guess I'm surprised with how big he is. We saw him run over people in college football. That's one thing to run over a redshirt sophomore from Michigan State. Something like that. Basically saying it, it, we need to see him do it with NFL talent. But watching a big athletic guy that ran around, I thought Cole was very, very physical in college. He does not lack courage and does not lack want to. So the part's going to play into the game really well. We got a beast on our hands, guys. I know you hate Notre Dame, Jay, but this kid, wait till he runs over that right. first dude. He's going to run over some dude. I remember, You remember AA when Shockey came in on the scene. Hell yeah! That's, 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 that's what we're dealing with here. We're going to pop. Ready, I hope so. We I, was like, hope I was so. like, Mark Bavaro is back, baby. That's what I'm saying. Did you, know, did you notice that I tagged you in the photo of the kid who got his first commit jersey? Yeah. It's like, dude, he beat you to it. Yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm chilling on the rookie jerseys, man. I've mm. learned my lesson. Yeah, I'm not trying to drink some, it. Exactly. Exactly. A bunch see. of motherfuckers bought David Montgomery's jersey, too, and see where that got us. Where did Mark Bavaro go to college? Notre Dame. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> good, good Italian boy like he is. Good Roman Catholic boy with a schnazzle. Oh, we got a schnazzle, too. Oh. <laughs> hey, man, if he, if he produces, I'll be happy as hell. I'm, I don't care what I mean, I've been on record as being hunky-dory with the commit pick. I'm not the guy who's out here like Raul trying to trying to diss left and right and say he's not this and he's not that. I mean, you like again, if you don't make that pick, you're an idiot. Like I wouldn't have advocated moving up into the first round for him or anything. But if he's sitting there and he's the best tight end in the draft and he's the hometown kid and his dad played for the Bears, like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, the first round picks in the second round. That story writes itself. Like, I mean, this kid's, you know, he's like earmarked for greatness. I'll say this: we got two first round talents I, I in the know, second that's your, round. That's your. That's gonna yeah, get you a bumper sticker that says that. Side note: we need to have story time with Raul back sometime. Yeah. If he'll ever if he'll ever come on, we need a a nice short story just just to hear the life and times of one Ronald Bennington. Yeah. Hopefully hopefully someday I'll trick him into coming on. We'll have to trick him. <laughs> Be like, hey. I think one I think one way or another will happen. Yeah, one way or another. One so. of these years. Yeah, yeah. man, I a lot of battles, a lot of battles in the field. We'll battles see. everywhere. Yeah. I see. It's like we're not gonna know. I just we're not gonna know. That's what sucks. Like I want to know. I want to know shit. And then you know, like we're getting a little snippets here and there, little little snapshots out of practice, little little snappy videos with throws that you don't even know who threw to who. It's probably all Tyler Bray highlight videos. We need the lanyard king in there doing some illustrations. We, yes. We, we need the reporters. Once the reporters start getting in there, we're, you know, as much as the Bears will try to hide shit, we'll, we'll be able to get a little something. They said, hey, when you get out on the grass, woo, on the grass, baby. Mm-hmm. Woo. We need, those re- we need the reporters there. Get a little glimpse in what's going on. I know, it's I, just hard. I'm not going to let it's them say shit. Everything's a closed practice. 
We need to get Greg there with a the booger machine there. Just like like rent him like a something just to raise him high enough to get like those yeah camera shots. Get a fucking drone. Yeah, Get out there with a drone. Oh shit. Drone. <laughs> Lake Forest drone. I'm gonna hit him up. <clears throat> Let's set up Rex and tell him to get a drone out there. Dude, that would pop on Twitter. Are you kidding me? He would get shot. <laughs> <laughs> I got like Chicago Bear Patriot missile systems just waiting. Yeah, right. Well, we know neither quarterback could throw it out of the sky, so it would be. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny if you get like five drones there from podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> 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 have like Tariq Cohen bust out some Fortnite shit by the way by the way just remember that uh, no matter what the quarterback that they choose to start against Detroit is the quarterback that they want to play in September just remember that that was a big that was a big revelation this week on Twitter from the blog that blog guy is a playwright he's a playwright <laughs> in New York City this guy is like he. This is what he does. He he writes freaking plays. Flowery lyrics. <laughs> yeah, he's just. He's, everybody read that and they were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Like, what the it's, fuck? Why do they call it taking a dump when you're really like Dan Deardorff have his Twitter account? Yeah, the like team that. that scores the most points will win this game. He's a cunning linguist. That's all he does, dude. He he's a playwright that likes to write about bears, and, and it's just he's so full of shit. It's I don't wild. Know the guy. I don't. I don't even know if I follow he, him. He's a Broadway fuck. The Bears blog. Yeah, he, all he is. Yeah, is I don't a, know if I, even, I really don't know if I follow him. He lives in New York City, and he's a playwright, and he just writes shit to to try to. Northeasterners, man. It's no, it's just stupid. <laughs> I mean, remember that shit he wrote about not wanting. The reason I didn't sell sell this sell this monopoly. Yeah, right. Yeah, the reason I didn't sell. Mm. So the, the thing about this QB competition is, it's not really a QB competition. The way it's being framed by coaches is with subjective arbitrary valuations. The guy they want to start against Detroit today will be the guy so sorry. What? That's what it was. Yeah, he's like, like trying to he's basically just trying to say that like it's already fait accompli. <laughs> I don't believe that. Like I just don't like I like I believe that they it's want a, it, about yeah, it's a play on words. This dude acts like he has sources. And honestly, like, I think we're going to see both these guys. Like, no matter who starts, I think you're going to see the other one for probably three or four games. I think it's a safe bet. I think it's I think it's Mitch to start the season and Foles break the glass in case of emergency. That's great. If he, leads us, if he gets on one of his Foles heaters and leads us right to the playoffs, boom. Yeah, but did you hear that guy on Hogan Johns? It made it seem like it's pretty bleak. <laughs> yeah, he's bleak. No, I'm sorry. The guy JJ had on. Sorry. Oh, that... I, I didn't hear. Oh man. Yeah, listen to that one. About Foles? It, about the Bears in general and about pace. It was just like whew, outside perspective. Give that a listen. Yeah, I mean, 
if you, I mean, I was playing this the other day, and we can wrap it up, but I was playing this the other day. It's just go down, go down the list of, you know, the offense and see who else would start on other teams. Robinson. All right, Robinson. Miller would start. Miller. I think Maybe. Montgomery would. No. No? I Not think. on any team in our division. He wouldn't start on any team in our division. You got to get, you got to, I mean, it, it's hard to find teams that he'd well, start on. Well, our division is actually pretty stacked at running back. Right, but, I mean, look around the league. Where is he going to start? I don't see a lot of places he'd start. Tampa? He was starting Tampa. They don't have any running backs. Maybe maybe Philly? I mean, Houston, no. Houston? No, not Philly. Houston? Yeah, maybe. There's, there's, there's a spot open in Washington. Yeah, well, he's not the starter. Is Geis, was Geis going to be the starter? He's going to be the starter. Oh. Yeah, he's nice. Geis is nice, yeah. Not nice to his... Anyway. So... No, I'm saying it's a talent. I like I like them as a talent. I don't think the offensive talent. I think the offensive talent is kind of shit. Like we fall in love with these guys, but outside, you know, I mean, it's just like we're talking about fantasy. Are you draft? Who are you drafting in fantasy from the Bears? Cole Komet. <sighs> when? I mean, week one. No, first but round, first pick. You're not. I mean, you know, it's gonna go. I mean, you're, you you got to draft. Could, if you could, uh, offensive lineman. If you could, Daniels at center. I would. Bar. I'm talking about fantasy stats, bro. I don't give a uh, shit about offensive lineman. What are you gonna start putting? Probably, in yeah, you probably get Allen Robinson in the third. Yeah, Allen Robinson, Miller on a flyer. In the 12 team. I would. I would pick up Jimmy Graham as a backup tight end. Ted Ginn Jr. Oh, God, why are we talking? People are really hyped about that. No, I'm not hyped about it. No, there are people out there. No, they're not. Nobody's positively hyped about Ted Ginn. I've he never says, he's going to be starting in the slot. He's going to start, yeah, because he's not going to start in the slot. He's going to start in the other side, on the other wing. The X. Over Miller? No, yeah, the Y. He's gonna be the Y, and Robinson's a Z, and Miller's a X. Cause they play, they they played sixty percent eleven personnel. That's one tight end. Ooh. Now everybody thinks you're gonna jump more into twelve. I don't know. I think it's we'll see. I think you see a lot of double tight end sets. Yeah, but I don't think they're gonna be traditional. I think you're gonna see. I think you're gonna see Jimmy Graham lined up in, in as a fourth wide receiver more than a traditional double tight end set. More like he was in New Orleans. Yeah, that's that's gonna be something that technically a double tight end set, but not really. Just bet on commit. That's all I'm saying. I'm good with Komet. You're not. You try to pick a fight like we think Komet's gonna be bad. He's not going to be bad. I'm not talking to listeners. I don't need to talk to you the whole freaking show. Well, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> you guys close it out for me. No, I appreciate the listeners, though. We've been getting some good feedback. Numbers are climbing every week. You know what I mean? That good network connection. So just uh, happy where things are going, man. If we make you happy, let us know. If we piss you off, let us know, too. That's right. 
And that's, so I think, you know, maybe, who knows who's soon still listening at the episode at this point. Is that, like, everybody needs to remember that, like... We got to this just, point, thanks. We're just talking shit. <laughs> like, we're absolutely just here to talk shit. Like, we we, make we're fun, fans. We make fun of everything. We're, we're like, nothing's out of bounds. We're going to make fun of everybody and everything, every player. And, and like, it's just, you know, I, I, like, I'm not with the, like... You know, whole thing where it's like, oh, don't, don't make fun of them. They're on our team. It's like, you yeah, fuck out of here. Like, the guys on the team crack each other mercilessly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we don't think we're better than anybody. We don't think we're smart, no. even nope. though we are better and smarter. But we don't think that. <laughs> you know, let you decide. Nah, man. We're just coming from our true fandom. Like, we're not trying to be analysts. We're just trying to freaking kick it like we're at a chill-ass tailgate or man cave or whatever. That's that's the vibe we bring, and we're just being our, our real selves. We're not trying to right. be self-promotive and talking down to other people. Like, right. a lot of people do do a great job at this, and we're just uh, happy to be able to have the opportunity to talk bears, man. Just what about the bears, bears blog, though? You fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bears blog's hot garbage, bro. Uh, and there it is. No, John Woods is a smart dude, but he's too good for that, man. He needs to figure yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe hit up Windy City or something, because he's the only one that makes them look legit. Danny, he's a freaking asshole, too. It's true. Fuck up. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about that is that we are, I'm not gonna, I won't talk to anybody, I'd talk bad about anybody unless they talk bad about us or others and i think that that's the thing with them is that their whole angle is like everybody says this but let, let us give you the real deal you know what oh, I mean? oh yeah because they're so connected like, like, all all you piddly fools are at, are saying this but let me tell you alan robinson's already signed you know i mean that kind of snide ass insider garbage like yeah he knows like the the what was it in the fox era the guy that left the sushi out too long in the cafeteria he knows that guy some bum ass. Like, Boy, if somebody did that now, it'd be a full freak out. <laughs> that's the thing is that there's not a lot of leaks in this pace regime. No. Like people don't know shit. Right. Except the Bears blog. Like yeah, and that's what I'm saying is like this dude, you know, and he still to this day will stand by that take. Yeah, because you saw like John's in a bar one time and had a beer with him, so he like thinks he's connected. So yeah. Uh, shit on some people. Spreading the positivity. Nah, it's just the Bears blog. They're corny as hell. We're, Everybody else, keep doing your thing. That's right. It's just we another like, episode. We like you, Jonathan Wood. <laughs> the tailgate show. The Bears. The love. <laughs> Where is it? Where is the love?